Welcome back to the Your Money Personal Finance Podcast. It is your host, John Abbott, uh, joined by the president of Everything Financial, Mr. Peter Sashecki. And Peter, we had a good uh, first episode. Our maiden voyage was uh, not too rocky, although it might have been for some of our listeners who didn't realize until joining us the amount of fees and hidden fees that they are uh, currently paying uh, due to investments at financial institutes. And so that's what we're all about here again at uh, the Your Money Personal Finance Podcast. It's all about learning with an expert like yourself from everything financial and uh, trying to save people money. Today's topic will be COVID-related as we continue to get through this uh, unprecedented, uh, crazy, challenging time. And that's part of the reason why we're both uh, doing this from our, our homes, our home offices. Uh, and before we steer there, we want to thank everybody for following along, subscribing to the podcast platform uh, or on our channel at YouTube. And thank you for leaving questions and comments. Again, the best way to do that is by emailing Peter uh, and myself at your money at everythingfinancial.com. One of those listeners uh, that we'll get back to right now is a question coming in, Peter, from our episode one, but relating to this second episode as well is uh, how do you deduct the interest from your RRSP? It's that time of year again uh, where people are looking at their income taxes. So how would you help somebody looking to do that? Yeah, I decided to answer this one first because this year with the COVID-19, you're allowed to file your taxes late. And this person is even later than the late date in June 1st. And yeah, and they wanted to deduct the interest. They happened to borrow for RSPs. And they heard us talking about tax deductibility on investments. RSPs, if you borrow money to invest in an RSP, that interest is not tax deductible. So just to clarify that from our first podcast, you can only deduct interest when the money is borrowed for non-registered investments, not a TFSA, not an RSP. So in this case, the, the client, she's not able to deduct the RSP, but we did clarify that for people. Just if you if you weren't able to follow everything perfect, there's only the non-registered money where you can deduct the interest if you borrow for investment purposes. So sorry about it in that case, but get your taxes done. The deadline's passed, and if you owe money, you've got to pay soon. A good reminder, though, Peter, because I think, uh, and we'll get into some of the, the benefit programs the government uh, has already un unfolded here, but it, it seems like such a crazy time for people uh, not even just those that are investing, but those that, you know, the regular things don't seem to be regular because you've either been able to put it off and now you're scrambling uh, with something like paying your taxes, or perhaps you've had some help on paying your bills and eventually real life is going to catch up to you again. And so uh, that's the territory we're going to navigate and cross uh, today a little bit on the Your Money uh, Financial Podcast. And I want to get into the assistant programs that uh, the government has put into place and the unknowns that uh, revolve around those as well. I mean, it's great that there have been help for people, Peter, that there is aid for people because there's so many that have needed it. Uh, and there are multiple programs. We can go through them one by one if, if you're willing yep. to be patient with me. Um, let's start with the Canadian Emergency Response Benefit, uh, CERB. And, the, you know, it's, it's the instant $2,000, uh, you know, a sizable amount that's going to help you in, in your life, uh, whether it's, you know, paying down your rent, uh, applying it to, you know, some of the, the personal finances uh, that you're going to go through, some of the bills. 
But there is a, a stipulation attached to that, receiving that money, isn't there? There is. That money, first off, the $2,000 a month is fully taxable. Don't think it's a paid vacation. It's there, and this is good. It was there, a quick reaction by the government to get money in people's pockets right away to pay bills, put food on the table, um, you know, help people out who couldn't pay their bills. Their job suddenly was gone. A lot of people in the hospitality business, gone. A lot of people who work in community outreach programs, gone, because there all of a sudden was no community. So maybe EI wasn't available for some of these people right away, employment insurance, et cetera. So they have this SERB benefit, which now has been extended into October. You're looking at potentially $16,000 of income, but $16,000 of income that's taxable. This is going to cost the country billions, not millions, billions of dollars. The debt is unprecedented. Forget COVID's unprecedented. The debt being raised by the government is unprecedented to help people. But here's the responsible thing you should do as a Canadian. If you don't need it, don't take it. Go to work. And the, the sad thing is, is that you ruin it for everybody. I can give you stories for the next two hours, no problem, which I won't do, of people who literally quit their jobs, didn't get laid off, quit their jobs. Some of these people were making over $3,000 a month. They quit their jobs to get the $2,000 served because they can sit at home and have a nice paid for summer vacation. Save the money that the government is paying out for those who really need it. But remember, if you do need it, do your best to put a little bit of it away. $300 maybe is good. Five would be better, but three if you can do it because you're going to have to pay taxes next year. It's not a gift. It's a taxable, not a loan really. It's a taxable handout, if you will. Don't. That's not a degrading thing. It's a helping hand from the government, but it is taxable. And I think we all recognize the level of debt our country is in. Uh, that's been made public, although it continues to grow. And uh, as you have told me several times, even that's not the real number because it's, it's the government. It's not the real number. It's, it's <laughs> so gone up we're talking about billions. Yeah, yeah, hundreds it, of billions. And trillion is our overall debt. The deficit is billions. The debt is now trillions. I said, and guess what? We're going to have to pay for it one day. Right. Increase in taxes. And that's where and that's where it's real for me um, and many others that have young trillion, uh, young children. And you're starting to think of how that money is going to be impactful on their lives and uh, where they will have to go. And listen, you know, I have empathy for everybody that's caught in a challenging time because uh, no one is exempt during this no. ridiculous period where we're dealing with the pandemic and health is a priority. But the real world is that it is the real world. And there is financial uh, outcomes uh, tied into this as well. But I think that that message of being responsible is one that needs to be hammered home again, because people may not realize outside of their own uh, their own impact here is that, uh, boy, there are greater tentacles. And it's to those generations you may not even be thinking about right now. Think about this, too. The CERB will eventually end. Employers are begging for employees to get people back to work. But people don't want to go work for seventeen hundred and fifty bucks of a, a earning a paying job that they could grow into something else. Heck, if I'm collecting two thousand dollars, why do I want to go work part time at whatever restaurant for seventeen fifty? Well, here's why you want to: 
because the serve is going to end and there's only so many jobs to go around. You may be on the outside looking in like musical chairs. The music stops, the serve ends, you don't have a job. Then what do you do? No EI, no serve. And guess what? There were jobs there. And if you look at the jobs posting from companies, they are trying to get people. And the, the downfall benefits okay that the government made was making it too easy for people. There's no incentive for them to get back to work. And it, it is being not by everyone, like we talked about in other episodes. There's always that small percentage that ruin it for everybody else. Well, that what you just brought up there about the jobs being available, I think uh, even more so now since um, I, we're both in British Columbia, it's phase three, and we expect the rest of the country to get there quickly if they're not already there right now, uh, that you know more of the regular format of getting back to work is available. And through that, there are some openings. Now, that applies as well to the student assistance uh, portion of this funding and support because... Yes, students are in a difficult spot. They're going to have uh, what seems like a lot of money owing uh, without being able to maybe generate that money as easily as some of the rest of us. But it doesn't mean that there aren't opportunities for those students to work. So can you navigate that uh, that narrow ground as well? That's the thing, too, is with the student um, benefit program, there's money there that if you can't find a job, the government will help you. But in a lot of cases, unfortunately, the students aren't looking for a job. And again, the government didn't quite go about this the right way. There should be some sort of means test. But just have, you know what, have personal pride as parents. Talk to your, your children. Get you know, your children who are in their 20s in university. But get them out there looking at earning. If you can afford it, and I've heard this from a few clients who emailed in, we're going to give a percentage match. If our kids go out and work and make money, we're going to help them out and give them a little extra to match that money instead of sitting, not earning the money and collecting a check. Do your part to get your your children off the student benefit and out working. Because when you look at the job postings are huge. Now in British Columbia, we have a big thing that's come up is the harvesting of our crops and all our agriculture and just outside the lower mainland, like right here where we live and the farmers are going, we can't get people because the workers who normally come in from other countries during the summer who get paid cash and, and help harvest these crops can't get here. So there are these jobs available. So don't look at everything as being a check just to give you free money. Cause you know what? There are no such thing as a free lunch. Everything cost money eventually. So the best thing you can do is get a job, not just because you're earning the money. And here's what people don't realize. By going out and getting a job and, and making money, you create contacts for later on of long-term jobs after post-secondary education. That's the biggest thing is you're going to meet someone who's going to give you a job when you're done school. That's one of the main reasons you want to be out looking for a job. Peter there's, Peter, there's also the worker subsidy program. Does that tie into some of the things we've already covered? Or is, that, is there a different angle there that we need to remember as well as we go through these different levels of government assistance? Yeah, the wage subsidy there is for employers. So we're talking to the employers who own businesses now. This is there to help them when they've had a loss in business, a loss in income, giving them some money to get those workers back or keep those workers employed. So if you're in that situation and there's a lot of 
rules to it, but it's fairly easy to navigate. Go online, look at those things. And that's that's one of the best benefits the government brought out because it's there. You can actually measure the impact on your business and go, okay, we need this money to keep our employees at a full pay or a majority pay level to prevent them from going on the other uh, benefits and keeping them employed at their business. It's a stopgap. It's there to design to get you from this month to three months down the road. And we've seen that one used a lot from March till June of 2020 here before we reached in BC phase three, but other places in the country are behind us to go, okay, I was able to keep my employees on the payroll for three or four months. They didn't have to go off on the other benefits. Um, and it's a it's a great thing for employers to do to keep people employed and keep them working. Because really, isn't that what we want to do? Is we want to work for our money, um, help be a contributing member of society, and contribute to our employer who has shown, shown, shown so much easy for me to say loyalty towards us during these tough times. And they're allowing us to keep a job. And that's a big one. I know a lot of people with restaurants and whatnot, businesses, and other businesses too, where they've just gone, what have you done? I talked to a retail person yesterday. I said, what did you guys do for this? We used the wage subsidy. We kept everybody employed. They didn't lose a dime. And now they're all back to work, eager to help because we showed some faith and loyalty to them and they returned the favor. And we certainly all need the the economy to rebuild itself a little bit here yeah. and uh, regenerate some earning, not only for individuals, but obviously to wear down that uh, national uh, debt that we were talking about as well. So we've covered ground with uh, maybe young people and certainly students, uh, potentially parents of families, and as well, those that, uh, that have not been able to find work. And so the government assistance has applied to all of them. What about seniors? Where do they fall here? What about uh, those that have been retired, uh, but now have seen their world change quite a bit too? Well, the first thing the government came out with for the seniors was, uh, or, or anyone retired was saying, okay, you don't have to take your minimum of your RIF or your LIF. Now, what's a RIF or a LIF? Your RIF is your RSP now turned into income, registered retirement income fund, or a LIF, which comes from a pension, a locked in fund. So these are people who were, you have to take a minimum out every year. What the government did, didn't really get this one, but they reduced it by 25%. So your minimum, you didn't have to take out as much. Now, the only help with this is in March, as we saw the volatility in the market dropping about 36%, you weren't forcing a retired person to cash in their retirement savings while the market was in the toilet. So what a lot of people we did, we reached out to people right away and said, let's stop taking income if you can afford it. This was like in the first week of the pandemic in late February, we did this and say, if you don't need the income and you can live on savings, because let's face it, retired people, a lot of their money is spent in those early years on travel. Well, there is no more travel right now. So save your money and you weren't being forced to take it and you're allowing the market to recover. So that was the first benefit they came out with. The second thing, and I think there was a lot of pressure the government did, and they, you didn't have to apply for this one. They came out with a $300 one-time payment, a little bump to your old age security payment. So in uh, July of this year, you would have seen a $300 payment to old age security. It is fully taxable, but you didn't have to apply for it. But for the real 
pension earners who are really struggling, those are who are already on what's called the guaranteed income supplement, very low income. And the guaranteed income supplement is tax-free. You are also at the same time given a $200 bonus to your guaranteed income supplement, which is not taxable because the guaranteed income supplement isn't taxable. So that's what the government's done so far. And it's it's best to talk to your registered financial planner and see how these things do. But what we try and do with plans with everyone who's retired for an emergency, didn't know this was going to happen, but we've been doing this for years, is have a secured line of credit set up against your house. You, you don't pay if you're not using it. But with interest rates going down and being so low, like they haven't been in quite a while now since kind of 08, you have access to a line of credit that you could use for your daily expenses with very, very cheap interest while you're allowing your retirement funds to build back up before you touch them. You know, they say sell high, buy low. Well, in this case, you weren't forced to sell low. Look at if you have a paid for property or your your personal residence, you have a large amount of equity in your property. Approach a financial institution and look at getting what's called a secured line of credit. That's key because a secured line of credit means it's secured against your property, aka mortgage, but that's okay because the interest rate is very cheap. I'd rather pay two and a half to three percent on borrowing some money from myself than pay six or seven percent. You can find more help like this uh, by logging on to everythingfinancial.com. That's what that's where you will find Peter Sashecki. On his day to day, when he's not podcasting or uh, talking about uh, how you can save some money and uh, his Omni Formula plan on uh, the likes of TSN and CTV, we're so thankful, Peter, you created this podcast to help even more people. Um, reminder that you can get involved by emailing your money at everythingfinancial.com. It is the Your Money Personal Finance Podcast, after all. So we'd like everybody to contribute, ask their questions, ask for help, and Peter will do his best to navigate those with some insightful answers. Peter, you mentioned mortgage. You know, People at this uncertain time have been forced to do things they may not want to do, uh, but feel will help themselves out, both in the immediate, but also in the long run. However, boy, there's a cautionary tale to many of these um, decisions that people have made. Uh, when you're deferring a mortgage or other debt payments, and it's something you can't yep. deal with this instant, maybe, you know, maybe that is um, you know, a requirement that you're forced into. What's the outcome in the long run? And is it a good approach? Because so many people have found themselves in situations like that. Yeah, the deferring of a mortgage is just deferring that. Now you're actually paying more interest. You're paying interest on your interest because those payments you haven't made for four or five, six months are now being tacked onto the back end and they're accumulating interest. So it actually costs you more. This is where a line of credit or a HELOC, home equity line of credit, as it's called, is so beneficial. And mortgage brokers, which again, whole other episode, don't tell you about these things because there's almost no commission paid on these things. Very low, quarter of a percent versus one to one and a half percent on a regular mortgage. But you can save yourself a ton of money because it's simple interest. And the beauty of these things is during this horrible time with COVID-19 is you could use this home equity line of credit and just pay the interest right now while you're in these hard times. So you're not deferring your interest. You're just paying the interest and at least keeping it level. And it's an option. If you don't have it, you should look at it for the future. 
talk to a registered financial planner who isn't getting paid a commission on this and isn't swayed by some big bonus and look at deferring some of that. In an upcoming episode, we're going to do a comparison of a regular five-year mortgage versus, which is compound interest, versus a home equity line of credit mortgage, which is simple interest. So you can't compare the numbers. You have to compare the calculation. But speaking of loans, one thing we should mention to people is the Canadian Emergency Business Account. This right. is for business owners who can actually borrow $40,000 from the government, from their banks actually, but it's funded by the government. So you go to your bank, there's a few stipulations, borrow 40,000, but in two years from now, you gotta pay back 30. So you're getting $10,000 interest-free. The theory is, and the idea is, use that money to keep the lights on, invest in your business, bring on more people, keep people employed, keeping everybody going to work. So I don't know about you, and I do this for a living. I don't just play a financial guy on television, but if someone's going to give me 40 and I only have to give them back 30, gee, you think I'm not going to take advantage of that one? Not a bad thing. So business owners who are unsure, look that up. There's a few rules to follow, but if you're going to have to pay the tax in this country to start funding that money back anyways, you might as well get something with it, do some good, expand your business, get a few more people. Like I said, keep the lights on, keep people employed, whatever you have to do. But it's one of those loans that's interest-free. Like So, of course, it's not tax-free because eventually we're going to have to all pay for it. But one of those things you should definitely look at as a business owner. Well, I appreciate you breaking down all of those categories of assistance and sort of the plus and minuses, though, because when we start talking about these things, you know, we began by urging people to be responsible when it comes to CERB or the student assistance. And yet at the end, we're reminding people that, hey, you know, receiving that money can be a good thing because it relates to their business, which relates back to the economy and individuals as well. So uh, it, it's it's certainly the checks and balances. And we pre I appreciate and we appreciate uh, your opinions and advice on that. It leads me to where is all this going, Peter? Where where are we headed? What is your financial outlook on our country, but in particular the province that uh, we are hosting this from, uh, the Your Money Financial Podcast here in British Columbia? What do you what do you have for us as far as a, a scale potentially? Remember this: if you take away anything from today, remember this: the economy and the market. So your investments that we talk about so often, the economy and the market are two different things. The economy, because of all the money being handed out and the tax consequences of that, may take a long time. Well, it will. It will take a long time to recover. But don't equate that to your investments that you've seen go through some volatility. The market in this case will recover much quicker than the economy will. So if this has taught you anything, Go through your cash flow. Start working on, I hate the word budget, so I try not to use that one because I'm I'm not there to tell people what they can and can't spend. That's not my right. But I will show you and help you look inside and see what your cash flow is. Start getting into a habit of planning for your future. Find a registered financial planner. Find someone to teach you how far your money will go and how to make it stretch further because guess what? This is COVID-19. But that doesn't mean there's not going to be something else down the road. There will be. I've been doing this 30 years. I know I started when I was 10. We'll just stick with that story. Um, but but 
I've seen a lot of these volatility times. When people say to me, unprecedented times, and it's it's horrible what we've been through, and this is the worst we've ever seen. No, it's an unprecedented cause. It's not an unprecedented time. Oh, wait, the equity markets dropped 48%. So far to date with COVID-19 on March 23rd, the markets had dropped from the peak 36%. 48, 36. And the recovery in this one, we're now down when we when we take this podcast, we're down about 10% in the market. That will go through fluctuations over the next while for sure. 08 took a lot longer in the market to come back. So if now more than ever, you have some time on your hands, reach right. out to a registered financial planner. You're not traveling, so that's not there. Reach out and start working on a plan so you'll be better prepared for the next time because if I don't use guarantees in this business, but if I'm going to guarantee anything, there will be another instance down the road in your lifetime, maybe two or three times. Those instances are not fearful. They are, do not scare you if you're prepared for them. As I always say, and we're going to talk about this in our next podcast when we talk about the Omni formula and what that is and how it helps you, always plan for the worst case scenario. This is the worst case scenario right now. Well, I'm glad you said that. And yes, it's a teaser for uh, our next episode on the Your Money Personal you're Finance Podcast. Well media, John. Yeah, you're uh, you're certainly steering us the right way, uh, both in that and in, in our financial uh, status. But I'm thinking here now, everything that we've covered today, there may be some people, Peter, that feel like, okay, this isn't the time to invest, or this isn't the time that I feel comfortable um, putting money in different categories. But why should that not be the feeling when people come visit you at Everything Financial? When people say don't invest and the sky is falling and you know run for the hills, pulling your hair out, and that's what the media says. Remember, I'm not a media guy. <laughs> that's when you want to invest. And an exact example, have a client we were working on a plan for and he had an unused line of credit, had a lot of equity in his house. Early in this pandemic, he decided what the heck? And he hadn't done a lot of retirement planning but he has done very well at paying off debt. So he did that instead. He says, I got to start planning for retirement. So he invested $100,000 and it was very unsolicited. He called me and said, you know, you've been talking to me about two years for that plan of the things I need to do. I'm going to do it now. He invested $100,000. He has already put away, and this was back in um, March, before the bottom, bottom hadn't hit yet, but he invested $100,000. He has put away $28,000 already to his RSP contributions for the future, still has the $100,000. Now it was borrowed money, but how much has that $100,000 cost him? 3% annually. So in a whole year, and we're only three months in, it would cost him $3,000. He's invested $28,000. Then you take the tax refund on the $28,000. That's another 10. He's up $38,000 and it's cost him right now around $1,000 total. Wow. You have to have the wherewithal. You have to have the guts to invest when times are bad. But when you're doing this type of plan, look at your whole plan, the big picture, and then decide what should I do to unfortunately take advantage in your own personal finances during these tough times because you know what tough times create opportunity and you have to be willing and, and have a plan in place 
to take advantage of that opportunity when it comes, because it, it only comes along every so often. Wouldn't it be great if there was a GPS that could help you navigate those things? There, the, and you wouldn't it be like just like turning on your smart. smart that would be great if you had something that could get you through it. That would be ideal. You know what? I think there is one. We'll be talking about it. The indeed the Omni There's formula. The Omni formula that is coming up on our next podcast. It is the Your Money Personal Finance Podcast. Uh, I'm your host John Abbott. He is Peter Sashecki, the president of Everything Financial. You can uh, give us submit your questions at Your Money at EverythingFinancial.com. You can find Peter at everythingfinancial.com. Don't forget to listen, subscribe, like, comment, and leave your questions on your favorite podcast platform or on YouTube. It is episode three. You don't want to miss it. You don't want to miss that one coming up with the Omni Formula. Thanks for joining us this time on the Your Money Personal Finance Podcast. Thanks a lot.